Welcome to Featured Insights, presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the Eastern Shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. Hi, Scott Evans. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. So we were talking before we came online what your title is, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. But right now, I'm going to say you're with Benedictine, the school yes. and the foundation, which is um, something that is a h- hidden gem, I think, Correct. Um, in in Caroline County. Benedictine is one of the largest employers that we have in Caroline County, and you serve a very specific customer and a very specific need if we're looking at it from that business standpoint. So I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, share what you did about how you're executive director of two distinct organizations, and then we're just going to talk about Benedictine and the connection to the business world in Caroline County and the Midshore region. Yeah, so I'm Scott Evans. I'm the executive director of Benedictine. Uh, we kind of just use a, the general term to cover all the different parts and pieces that make up Benedictine. Uh, I've been with the organization now for about 23 years, uh, in this role for about eight years. Okay. Uh, so the Benedictine School, as you said, is a unique organization that not many people they know about us, but they don't know in totality what we do. Right. Uh, and you're right. We are a hidden gem on the shore. Uh, we're you know not only a school for developmental and intellectually disabled children and autism. You know, children with autism. We serve about fifty to right around fifty students there. Oh wow! Uh, and we have a residential component, so that makes us one of the more unique what we call non-public schools in the state. Okay. And even though we're located in Caroline County, we are a resource for the entire state. Gotcha. So if a student with a developmental or intellectual disability or autism in another county and that county cannot support their needs educationally, they turn to the non-public schools, which we are one of. Gotcha. And we are one of the few that do have that residential component. So uh, they they may use us as a resource, and, and we're publicly funded. And school is K through 12? or Yeah, we're, we're somewhat non-graded uh, okay. because we, we aren't a diploma track or a certificate track because of the student population we support. Oh, interesting. So okay. the students, once they – if it's decided that if a student needs an organization like Benedictine – uh, more than likely, they're not going diploma track. You know, we're working with students with moderate to severe disabilities. Sure. Uh, some are non-communicative, a lot of behavioral issues. Uh, so when they when they come to us, our education also goes through age 21. Okay. Uh, so we're a little non-traditional in that sense because of the special education world. We they do allow to go to 21. Then at 21, they switch over to the adult provider network that's gotcha. throughout the state. Okay. So um, so a student can reside on campus. Correct. Right. And uh, do the parents stay with them? How does no, that work? No. Okay. So, and that's one of the most difficult decisions a parent has oh, to make. Oh, I bet. Uh, but, you know, once the student goes through the program, they always say it's one of the best decisions they make. Right. Uh, we always hear about the drive up the lane and the drive back down the lane after yeah. they drop their student off for the first time. Right. And how emotional that is for, for a parent. 
Uh, but again, it helps us by having that residential component and educational component. Education doesn't stop at three o'clock or three thirty. That that program flows into our residential, so the student is getting their needs met twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Wow! Uh, and we do our school is year round. Okay. So while we're on break right now in June for a few weeks, we start back up July fifth. Okay. And we will go for the entire next fiscal year, if you will, through gotcha. next June. Okay. Okay. And so the student. Do then they get a chance to go back to family or parents? Or, yeah, so that yeah. yeah, depending on their needs, uh, they 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 can take you know vacations. They can go home with their families. Some will have shorter trips home than others, again because of their behavioral or support needs. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Until you know we can help the family with those supports and what we do on campus to help the student you know, achieve their best ability. So uh, it it all depends on the individual nature of the student. We also have some students that go go through DHS that don't have family. Okay. Uh, So we do support a a full gamut of students throughout the state. And so a big part of that support then is workforce because you are really a people organization. You're providing something to folks that have that need, from all across the state. Correct. And so, uh, as I said in my introduction, that you're one of the largest employers in Caroline County. Um, I know I've had the pleasure of working with your HR department and look at all of the resources that are out there to help workforce development. Do you see any improvement over the last couple of years? Yeah, we have. Um, you know, and we you're absolutely correct. We can't change our business model. So we, right. we, we're we're people supporting people and you need people to support the people. Right. So for every student or adult that we have in our program, you need two or three full-time, you know, FTEs, full-time right. equivalent people to support them. So right now we're, we're at about 360 employees, which again, if you think about, you know, we hear from folks in Caroline County, it's like, well, you're just a little school in the middle, you know, outside right. of Ridgely. It's like, well, no, we have, the school, and then we have 21 group homes right. that support adults and some children throughout Caroline and um, Talbot counties. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about the 365 nature of what we do, right. it, it takes a lot of people to support uh, those folks. So during the pandemic, we, you know, and, and the tail end of the pandemic, as a lot of uh, businesses experienced, we experienced a uh, uh, an exodus of staff, right? Uh, some because of pay, because typically our industry doesn't pay great because we're publicly funded, right? Uh, others, it was burnout or just life choices. You know, a lot of people came out of the pandemic thinking a little differently, right? Probably over the past six to eight months, we have seen stabilization and increase of people coming through the door and re-entering the workforce. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've been able to advocate publicly in Annapolis for additional dollars, which has allowed us to be competitive in the marketplace with our wages and and increase our wages substantially. Um, You know, before when we were talking about the $15 minimum wage, the way we're funded, we were scared that we wouldn't get there. Right, uh, right. And now we've far surpassed that uh, and we're at um, 1750 an hour. Gotcha. Uh, while that, we want to do more. Mm-hmm. Again, we're, we're kind of locked in because we are a pu- totally publicly funded right. organization. So for anybody who uh, doesn't know about Benedictine or makes the comment about being a, the little school, um, you also have a fundraising element of yes. it. You have a foundation element of it. Uh, just... 
had your gala a couple weeks ago. Yeah, my timeline's right. Yeah, a month ago now. I okay, guess. time's going by quickly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so they're they're again making that connection to the business community, which is the purpose of this podcast. If there are opportunities to to volunteer or provide financial support to Benedictine, that's something that you would welcome. Is that correct? Yeah. And the foundation started uh, under Benedictine about 25, 30 years ago with a, with a basic mission of supporting the, the programmatic entity because we aren't funded at 100% of what it costs us to operate a program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it fills in the gaps. And the, you know, the majority of funds that we receive go to special projects on campus in our homes as well as the employees to give them extra benefits. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, the, the Christmas party we throw or right. we give every employee a turkey every Thanksgiving. We try to do a lot of little things throughout the year, but sure. all that stuff costs a lot of money. And right. our foundation steps in to support us that way. Gotcha. Uh, so they are kind of our, our, our link to the community uh, and, and you know, help tell our story both there. And then we also go over to Annapolis and do Mm -hmm. a lot of advocating uh, over there for for not only funding, but just an understanding of what we are and how we fit. And we're not with a with an organization like Benedictine that has a history tied to the, you know, the Benedictine sisters. Right. A lot of people think we're a parochial school. Sure. And sure. and we are again 100% publicly funded. Mm-hmm. And once they hear that they're like, "Oh, and you support students from all over and we support adults from all over." And they they start to get the broader picture of right. who and what we are. And in today's times with so much information out there and and people you know wanting to serve their their own needs they want to help out who they want to help out that advocacy and that messaging is so important and then there's a regulatory component of that too so you mentioned annapolis <laughs> he said that sarcastically ah <laughs> uh, there's a you know going to annapolis um to bolster that funding opportunity but that you deal with federal and state regulations yes. that cover a gamut of um protections for your employees, Correct. for your students, yep. for the adults you serve. You, you talk, just touch a little bit about yeah, that. Um, you know, because of the diversity and what Benedictine does and that we support adults and students, both uh, from an employment, from an education and residentially, I, I feel like we almost touch every agency within the state sure. yeah. from a regulatory standpoint. So we deal with the Maryland State Department of Education for licensing of our education program. Uh, We deal with uh, DHS and DDA, the uh, Developmental Disabilities Administration Mm -hmm. for our adult program and residential programs. And then Office of Healthcare Quality is also in there, Board of Nursing's in there, and it goes on and on. Um, And, you know, we have some really good people that keep track of all that. And there's a lot of training involved, obviously, with what we do Mm -hmm. to protect our staff, to help them better understand the population we support and give the staff the tools they need to support them in the best way they can. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it is a very, uh, very regulated environment, mm-hmm. uh, rightly so. Right. You're protecting um, some of the most yep. vulnerable population. And yeah. then we try to go above and beyond by getting other accreditations and other you're reaching out the best practices so that we, we make sure, because we look at the regulatory environment as kind of the, 
the floor, the, the, gotcha. the floor, and we're trying to go above that always, right. which right. is why we also need the foundation to support that. Mm-hmm. And we're always reaching out for what is the best practices out there because our environment does change a lot. I mean, as I said, I've been there 23 years and everything from how we, how we work and with the people we support to the language that we use within our industry. Sure. And I, I'm sure... I would imagine a lot of people don't understand that, especially if they don't have a connection, either they don't know someone that would use the adult services or have a student that would go to the school that how regulated it is, but it has absolutely ebbed and flowed with different philosophies and different policies over the really look caring for this group of individuals is also relatively new, right? It, yeah. it came about in the twenties or thirties. Yeah. So, you know, again, there was something not to get too in the weeds called the Olmstead decision, which really looked at closing down. I mean, the folks that we support now would have been in institutions. Right. Uh, And in the 70s and 80s, that deinstitutionalization and push to community really um, evolved. And Mm -hmm. it it continues to evolve. So you used, you know, we not only care for the people we support. And, and you know, at one time it was more of a care model. Now it's a care plus empower model. Oh, wow. So we also need to empower our folks because, you know, yes, they have, quote, a disability, but they also have unique abilities that they can offer our community. And they need to be part of the community. And I think by that understanding of the abilities that our folks have and their interaction to the community becomes more normalized than, right. oh, look at that person over there. Right. So you right. know, we're trying to, and obviously the, the pandemic put a two and a half year pause on that. Mm-hmm. And similarly to other populations, our, the folks we support, we told them to stay in homes for two and a half years. Right. So, we're dealing with a little anxiety for them to say, no, it's fine to come back out and be part of the community mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But it really is a, you know, that caring model as well as the empowering model to make sure that they feel confident to go out in the community and that the community feels confident that they have, you know, that the interaction is something positive. Right. And it's something that I think, and that's how I was introduced to Benedictine when the start of that more community workplace mm-hmm. and, and, and al- allowing the folks to be empowered to go out in the community and get a job. Um, there are some requirements. I don't know if they're regulations or just protection requirements that require sometimes another person to be a long Right. For that, and and so some employers think that they're they've got to pay two people for right. one person's work, or they've got to allow for some accommodations, but that may not be the case. And no, not the case at all. So, you know, if what we do is basically what I call you know carving out positions and jobs. So if there's a small business employer that may need assistance with a certain task. They may not want to hire necessarily a full-time or full-part-time, you know, a 20-hour-a-week employee. Right. They may only need four or five hours a week. That That's even more difficult to find in this workforce. Right, yes. Well, what we do is we talk to that employer and say, well, what do you need? We, we have a workforce here that is willing to come in and do that for four or five hours. We have a job coach that will help support that person that we pay. right. And then that you pay just the person we're supporting uh, a fair wage. And mm-hmm. then we help train them. We help get them there. And a lot of times what we hear from employers is 
your your folks show up more than the rest of my employees. Yes. They're, they bring something to the workforce in in the joy that they bring to the work, the, mm-hmm. the, the how proud they are to do that work. Right. Uh, so it becomes a really good synergy and 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 kind of relationship with and. Then they meet their customers. And, you know, our folks always have a smile on their face. They're mm-hmm. so proud of the work that they do, where if you bring someone else in, they may look at that as menial or not right. meaningful. Right. And for our folks, it is meaningful because they're they're able to do a job. They're able to work in the community. And we're there to support them. Right. And, and I think that's great. And you talked earlier, you mentioned, that, you know, they have these abilities. Well, that ability to appreciate the work that they're doing, appreciate seeing and meeting new people and engaging with new people, I mean, that's an ability that we hear from other employers that they want. Those right. soft skills, yep. showing up on time and understanding and taking that job seriously. Um, and so I think there's also this philosophy that, you know, we see, uh, you mentioned small businesses. I know that Benedictine has some of uh, your adults in some of what may not be considered small business, the franchise restaurants and that right. type of thing. Yep. But so I think that, by that, there becomes a stereotype that only restaurant workers are only retail workers, but that's not the case, right? No. You could offer um, a worker with a job coach in just about any type of field. Yeah, and and exactly. So you're right, and sometimes we do fall into that stereotype where that you know our folks are out um, pushing the carts or you know being the greeter at right. Walmart, and some people love that, and that's what they want to do, and you know, we'll support them in whatever. Our our job is to find what the people we support like to do, reach out to our community, see mm-hmm. if there's a match, and then make that match and make that work for the business as well as the right. people we support. So it's a win-win for everybody, no matter what they are. We've had people work in, I'll age myself, and I can't think of the term, but hair salons. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, small businesses, we've worked with over at Dixon Valve and, you know, larger production. Right. Uh, Walmart, restaurants, you know, back office, front office, what you know, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're learning more uh, as we ask more about the people you know, from the people we support, what they, they like to do. And we live, in, we live in a nice area where there is a lot of recreation, agriculture, and then hospitality. Right. Um, and we're fine with the seasonality of some of that as well. Okay, okay. Is there, are there additional insurance requirements for no. our employer? Okay. No. Uh, you know, it is, you know, you're hiring a person just like you'd hire any other person, gotcha. and we're there to support them mm-hmm. uh, in, in doing that. And sometimes it gets to a point where what we call natural supports take over, where the our job coach is not needed anymore because okay. the people within that workplace work with our folks so well, we're just standing on the sidelines watching, and that's uh-huh. the ultimate goal. So then we can fade away, but we're always there to support if there is an issue. So do any of the students, um, I, I, the t- word that comes to mind is graduate, but you say they don't get a diploma, but um, move on to other, either similar f- facilities yes. closer to, okay. So yeah. you do have a, th- you, you do have some f- folks, a throughput then on, yes. on students. Okay. Yeah, for our students, and, and it, it basically comes down to logistics. You know, we, we just graduated a class of eight students. Um that would be two more group homes if they moved all into our adult program, gotcha. which would mean more staff and more facilities and 
you know, we're, we're still coming out of the staffing. We're much better, but that, you know, we're right. not at a place to expand right now. Um, but there are a, a full network of providers. And for, for some of our student graduates, they want to be closer to their family. So, sure. you know, as we know, living on the shore of the Bay Bridge is, you know, right, tough right. to drive over and back and forth. So <laughs> some of our folks do come from other counties on the other side that want to live over closer to there. Okay. And we help, we have a trend, um, someone who helps with that transition to find gotcha. the proper match for the student who's graduating in the adult world. But then on the adult side, so you mentioned the, the group home. So yes. if so, I'm thinking again from an employer standpoint, um, I have, you know, I have Bob come in and he's working with me four or five hours a day or, you know, 16 hours mm-hmm. a week, whatever the case may be. That Bob's not going to leave. He's an adult who is now living Correct. in one of your homes. He's supported. That's a long term that yes. could be a long-term employee. Yeah. I think that might be another a misunderstanding yep. about right. your population serving the workforce. Yeah. So in of our group homes, we have 18 group homes for our adults who have been with us a very long time, mm. the majority of them. Okay. Uh, and they're, it's their home. So they're here to, to stay. Right. Uh, and we support the adults from, you know, if we do have a graduate from 21 on. I mean, we just had someone retire from who worked at Benedictine recently in our okay. facilities department. We had his retirement party on Friday. Oh, wow. Because he's made the decision. He's in his mid 60s that he wants to retire now. So um, we're starting to see that a little bit more as right. the general population ages. Our population is aging as well. Wow. Uh, and some of them are retiring or doing other things. So you may see them at local senior centers or the YMCA and, and right. other community places. But we still have a lot of folks who want to work and be part of the workforce and earn the check and and do what they love. Yeah, a whole community from young folks all the way up to retirees yep. and supporting them individually um, through this collective community. It's it's the beautiful That's amazing. thing. Yeah, it really is. So uh, we're we're wrapping up. This was fast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, anything? If you had if you had a group of business owners that were in front of you right now that um, you could talk to for two or three minutes, what would you share with them? What would you and what call to action would you have for them for Benedictine? I, yeah, I think just look at Benedictine as as a workforce development site and and think about some of the things that you have that may you may have. You know, we're always good at loading more onto our current employees that may be able to be carved out and say, you know what, I may be able to bring an opportunity to someone with at Benedictine to do this specific task. And as I said, it doesn't need to be large. We're not necessarily looking for 20, 30, 40 hours a week. But if it's something that you feel is important to your business, is core to your business, but you'd, you've been having trouble fulfilling that right. role – Give us a call or look on our website. Uh, we do have a, you know, it's www.benbenschool.org. Okay. And if you go to our adult services drop-down menu, it's hire our workforce. Okay. And we have a workforce that's ready and willing to come out and, and be part of our community. Yeah. Uh, and you can find all the information there and have a conversation with us. And out of that conversation, we may not be able to make the right match but we might have a person that could bring a lot to your organization. Exactly. So that's Ben School, B E N S C H zero, not zero, O O L dot org. Um, and all of the resources are, are there. The, yep. And that's one 
um, website that covers the school, the workforce, the adult. Yep. Yeah, everything's right there. Uh, yeah. But if you see hire hire our workforce, that yeah. that we're looking to push, you know, yeah. have our people go out into right. the community and be part of the workforce. And if you know of anybody that's looking for a job, have them go to yeah, that website. Yeah, then have us come <laughs> co- co- to the same website, go, you know, to our HR section. And, yeah. you know, and what we find is a lot of the folks that do come to work for us, it's second careers, it's some retirees. Sure. Uh, we we do give you all the training. We, we help you find a match to for the people that we support. Gotcha. Uh, and, and it's a it's a really, really rewarding position. To I have. bet. Scott Evans, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you coming in and sharing. I think we might have you come back sometime and Great. talk a little bit more in depth about what you're doing and what you're looking at and some of your needs for Benedictine. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights and look for us on your favorite podcast platform.